0: Steph.
1: Oh hello. You almost look like you weren't expecting me. You're just no, so casual. No, it's
0: just another humdrum day here in the mirror universe. <laughs> where the Terrans are tearing themselves apart. See what I did there. And uh oh. you know, it's just so rough. I miss the Federation. Yeah. I miss I miss home. I miss wearing bow ties and saluting and the prime directive.
1: <laughs> We're almost matching tonight.
0: I know. This is what I feel so casual. Yeah. I feel so casual. Anyway.
1: Never seen you so casual I, except during this mirror universe. Well,
0: it's just it's a real drain on me. Uh welcome to our podcast about Star Trek Discovery.
1: Welcome. And we are near the end of season one. This is the ramp up towards the season finale.
0: Striking distance. Uh and uh let's see. Well, today's star date is uh star date one zero nine zero four point eight. And uh, we are still in the mirror universe, and uh, things are getting, well, they're getting very, very, very complicated. And we will do our best to parse all these different elements uh, out from each other and in towards each other as we make sense of these uh, two penultimate episodes of Star Trek Discovery. I think, unless there are any further questions. Should we run it down? I think it's time. It's time to run it down. Can you run it down for me? just happened. Can you run it down for me?
1: So, Aki, can you run it down for me?
0: I'm going to do my best. Okay. As you all may recall, last, um, sorry. last <laughs> time on Set Phasers, uh, we discussed episodes 11 and 12, in which, okay, the ship, went into the Mirror Universe and they were surrounded by Klingon wreckage and they had this whole thing and there's a Terran Emperor and we don't know who that is but then we find out it's Giorgio and we find out that Michael was like a daughter to her and then Lorca is uh, supposed to be a prisoner there but they use their Lorca as bait so they can get to the ship so they can find out how to get home but then in the end of the season 12 we find out that the Lorca that we loved all along is really evil Lorca he's Lorca from the Terran universe and he's back so that's like the Recap That's what's going on in the mirror universe right now. It's why I'm wearing a short sleeve shirt with no bow tie. And okay, so we start this. I, I like you can tell from the show that this is intense because there's no cold open, there's no like mm, do 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 do, right? It's just boom, we're into it. It's Lorca, he's in like another chamber, uh, like of, of torture, and he's releasing people who are saluting him. So we see like his former, basically his former compatriots, in his attempt to uh stage a coup on Emperor Georgia, and he's saying, it's been one year and 212 days of torture, but now you are free and our time has come. And then he opens one particular uh, agonizer chamber and who should we see lying there? But Commander Landry, yes. The the commander, you know what I felt like? This Commander Landry was more level-headed than the other Commander Landry at least, right? Mm, Maybe. I feel like the other commander, Landry, is the one who, like, tried to open the thing and shoot the gun. Like, she was, like, a Federation person trying to be a Terran. This Terran is, like, a little bit more like, all right, let's... In fact, the first thing Landry says is, we need to retreat. We need to regroup. And then Lorca says, you think I spent... I traveled from a different universe to get here. You think I don't have a plan? Uh... And so the first thing they do is they, they go to the lab and it's like the version of Stamitz's lab. This is for T-Stam, as I call him, Taryn Stamets, Stamets, and, uh, they go in there and it's empty and they're like, damn, he must have left in a hurry. And they think he's hiding. And then Lorca looks in the corner and he sees something weird and he like reaches into an empty space and he pulls out a cowering T-Stam. And he's like, You coward. Uh and, and Stam is like, what are you doing alive? We thought you died. And he explains that he, as he was uh terror, he was trying to do the coup that was failing, and then as he tried to flee on the buran, he was shot with Torpedoes, and as he was trying to transport her out of the ship to save himself, there was an ion storm, which caused him to go to the what I'm calling the Prime Universe, just in terms of our perspective. And so he switched places with his other uh, uh his other Lorca, and he went to the to the Prime Universe, and then he's been spending he spent the last uh, year and 212 days essentially trying to get back. And, and restage this coup. And so he needs it's a us. Long time. It's a long time. It's a very driven. It's
1: a long time faking it.
0: Driven man. Well, you know, he, it was starting to come apart at the seams in, in these last few episodes. And I think that's sort of why he sort of upped his timetable. It seemed like he was going at a more steady pace. And maybe he wanted to bring more of Discovery's crew over to his side. But uh, once uh, Admiral Cornwell...
1: Yeah. You're really uh, struggling with that.
0: I just I want to call it. her Caldwell just every time. It's like, oh, we are not going to get into Cal- it. But oh, it's like, Caldwell. yeah, Caldwell. But it's not Caldwell. Don't confuse You've me. We always
1: said Cornwall.
0: Let's Cornwall too. Corn- okay. Cornwall, let's not say Caldwell. the things that I'm going to call it by accident. So Lorca explains, and he's like, we're, gonna, we're about to take this ship and we're going to take the throne. And they enlist in Stamis' help. And they use some sort of like poison gas to uh, like you just see a bunch of of other Terran soldiers just kind of like foaming at the mouth and in convulsions on the floor. In the meantime, um, uh, in the throne room, Giorgio is with her people and she's like, he's here and he's. He, they're getting reports of, like, people dying and attacks, and she's like, we just need to find out exactly where he is, and then we're going to take the fight to him. And Michael is, you know, our Michael, Prime Michael, is saying to Emperor Georgia, like, you got to let me call Discovery and tell him not to come because we don't want to get in the middle of this weird, awful, fascist civil war issue. And uh, she's like, uh, you think I would let you do that, but I'm not going to. And Michael's like, "You, he wants, he's taunting you. He wants to lure you into his trap. He, he He's expecting this and uh, uh, the Emperor's like mm, sure, maybe you know what you're talking about, but put her in the brig and so they try to arrest her and Michael escapes because she's badass, and so she like does some Vulcan martial arts and she slips through a hole in the wall into like, what I think in the Mirror Universe would still be called Jeffrey's Tubes but I'm not sure, maybe they're called something more sinister uh, who knows uh, I wrote jeffrey's tubes uh so uh on disco they are trying to figure out like they're on the way to the rendezvous and stamets is, has come back into himself and he's trying to figure out why the mycelium crop is still dead and dying and that's when arium who's well, like sort of a big character we don't see a lot she's like the android-esque alien we don't yes. really get an understanding of we get a season
1: two episode that's all about her, don't we?
0: We get... Um, yes, and, and maybe maybe it's a short track, or am I thinking of a season two thing?
1: I think it's a season two thing. Okay. I feel like it was well, a longer episode. Listen,
0: spoiler you alert. Wrong. Yeah, who knows? Sorry. Uh, it's That'll all good. Work. You're about to hit it. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Because at this point, we don't even know if there'll be a season two because things are unraveling so ridiculously. It's insane. Anyway, Arium is... Uh, she's like doing scans of the and I look this up they're pronouncing the ship Karen, not Charon and not Sharon which I would say but it's fine
1: Slightly better, it's still someone said, you would know down the pub
0: well you know and also he ferries you across the river Styx whatever you need to do and also as we discussed Pluto's moon Uh, well so uh, Arium has been doing scans on the on the Karen, and she finds out that that weird sun thing that's at the bottom of that huge ship is actually some sort of reactor that's feeding off the mycelial network. They're, like, drawing a huge amount of power out of this this network that's sort of connected to all universes and all times and stuff. And that's sort of what is poisoning the mycelial network. And it's, it's the work of T-Stam, his weird work here in the Terran Empire that has led to this poisoning of the network. And I think this is when they'd uh, discover that, yes, if they're that reactor and T-Stam's work is allowed to continue, it will destroy the entire mycelial network. Meaning A, discovery will be stranded there. B, the entire mycelial network will be destroyed. And C, the universe as we know it will be the universe. Nay, the multiverse, the universe has, as we know them, will be altered irrevocably. Life, Hmm. matter, the universe, everything, 42. So uh, they have to figure out a way to to destroy this thing. Not only do they have to... uh, Get back home to the Prime. God, I miss the Prime Universe. Not only do they have to get back home to the Prime Universe, they also have to destroy this thing in order to get back and in order to preserve life across the multiverses. The burden of the Discovery team is immense. Meanwhile, Lorca on the Karen is uh, using the ship's wide comm to taunt the emperor she's based he's basically like oh yeah well you know even the my michael knew that you couldn't uh, hold on to power any longer but i shouldn't be sharing pillow talk because we were totally doing it or whatever and and uh, he says to everyone like we're about to take this sh- this ship and we're about to take over the empire but my only order is no one touches michael okay she's she's not to be harmed And then um, the Empress is using this and she finds out exactly where he's transmitting from and she's like, leads her troops. She's like, we're going to take the fight to him. And so she gets a gun, which is, I have to say, it's pretty cool when she's holding the laser in her metal jump suit breastplate thing. No? No one else likes it? No,
1: No, totally cool.
0: I like the sword better, but it was cool when she was like, let's do this. And so she just like grabs a laser field thing. So she enters a room there's a confrontation between the emperor and Lorca. At first no one's there and then the uh oh no i forgot her name the the mirror version version of the lieutenant who goes down for she's got the braids and the like asymmetrical cut oh i should have written uh, it down but oh i didn't oh yeah.
1: what oh what oh
0: something it's like that we should really we should have a sound effect for when do I it? do a total fail. Yeah, We so could
1: much. we could google it.
0: If you want to know, you can google that. Never has not knowing a thing been so funky. Um I guess the the crew of Bridge Crews. Bridge crew. Star Trek
1: Discovery Bridge Crew. Yeah. You got it? Oyen Oladejo.
0: Yes. Oladejo. Is that right, Oladejo, I think is how they pronounce it on Ola the Dejo. show, but you know, who knows? I'll correct myself next week, anyway.
1: Oh, wait, no, sorry, she's the actress, That's... Lieutenant Owasaku. Owosik- Owosik- Owosay-ku. Oh, yes,
0: yes, Owosay-kun. yes, Owosay-kun. I was half yes. right. Yeah, you had the actor's name right, which is very impressive. No, um, I read
1: that, but the oh, 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 the, okay. oh uh, some, yeah, that, still, I was half I'm right,
0: still giving you prompts for googling it, Thank anyway. You. her... Terran version was the one who was supposed to send The initial shock troops down to find Lorca She's still alive and the Emperor's like why are you still alive and she's like because Lorca wanted you to know that he was here And then she's disintegrated And then a bunch of like They have these like crazy um, Phasers In Terran world That like the the Front heats up when they're ready to Phase you and stuff mm. I don't think we've seen that that's like a terran thing right that's not like a anyway yeah, so in the darkness all these phaser muzzles light up as they're getting ready to fire and then Lorca steps out yeah. and he goes ha, 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 "Ha what's up i'm here i'm bad and i'm back yeah and then he's like it's too bad i gotta kill you and, boom, 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 and they all open fire but then the emperor is protected by some sort of like yes that's right force field Uh, and then while that's happening, she does something on her wrist. She has like some kind of control thing on her wrist and she's able to like cause these like automatic drone things to fire on Lorca's crew. But then Lorca's crew jumps out of the way and then they jump back in and then they're overloading the shield and Stamets, evil Stamets, t is keeping track. And he's like, the shield's about to be overloaded. And then when it drops, he's like, go, 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 go. And they fire and they start shooting at everyone. And then basically all of the Emperor's team gets killed by Lorca's people. And then, she hits her wrist thing again. She does an emergency transport and disappears. At the same time, Michael is hiding in the, what we'll call for now, Jeffrey's tubes, but are I don't know, evil Jeffrey's tubes. And she has like, gotten hacked into the comms relay so that she can contact discovery. And she gets in touch with Saru and she explains the situation. She's like, "Lorca's not a good guy. He's the bad guy. He's from here. You guys got to get out of here. I screwed up. And then he's like, oh, there's nowhere we're going to leave you. And then, They're like, you know, the, they explain the mycelial network is jacked up. And so then they're like, look, we got to do this to save all life everywhere, every time, basically. And then Michael says, okay, tell me what I have to do. And they're like, we need you to drop the shield that's on the mycelial reactor. And uh, she's like, okay, I'll do it. Let me know. I'll let you know when I'm in position. And then you guys figure out how you're going to fire on that bad boy. And this is where I wrote down that they said, Karen. Anyway, uh, It seems like Michael is going to have to sacrifice herself. Her shelf. shelf? It seems like Michael is going to have to sacrifice herself in order to. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like Michael's gonna have to sacrifice herself in order to she's going to have to sacrifice herself in order to save the multiverse. Uh, in any case, Lorca, in the meantime, no one knows where the Emperor's gone and Lorca's kind of upset that she disappeared and, and that Stam didn't know that she could do that. Lorca gets to the throne room and once they get there, he sets up on the platform and they summarily kill t stam t stam you're dead. Uh, and they, they, in doing so doing, they macabrely show that there's like a trap door in the in the throne room that goes down to the reactor and i guess you can just dump things down yeah. there it's like a weird like it's
1: know. so like evil universe mm-hmm. like because even the phasers that sort of came out from the wall i was like it's so indiana jones yeah it was and like, then the trap door was so it was yeah. super indiana jones yeah. like you know like to you know almost sort of going down to you know, fire and flames and stuff, or whatever underneath you. Yes, just totally. It was like, yeah.
0: Like, uh, well, it seemed and almost like it was like almost like a gag because someone could be like there talking to the emperor, and then George could be like, nah, and hit like a buzzer, and Kill they would just him. fall, yeah, <laughs> into the reactor and die, <laughs> but, yeah. which is absolutely absurd. Anyway,
1: there was it a was... British TV show. Did you ever watch Armstrong and Miller?
0: Oh yes, 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 indeed. Yes, yeah.
1: Kill him. Yes, <laughs> and then you know, falls into the trap mm-hmm. door
0: or whatever. Which is, it's anyway, funny. it was it was not done for laughs, but it, it did make me chuckle because it was so sort of macabre and over the top. Uh, and then they didn't kick Stamets into it, they just shot him. They are like, whatever, who cares for the drama. Uh, and then once uh, they're there, um, it is Lorca realizes that Michael is still out and about, and so Michael starts, so Lorca once again uses the shipwide systems to contact Michael and he's talking to her and he's telling her that, like, listen, your Federation is doomed to fail. You should stay here with me. We can rule together. He makes a uh, an impassioned and eloquent plea, which I did write down and may use in tonight's uh, quotable moments. Uh, but not only is he trying to convince her, at the same time, he sent his commander Landry after her. So it's sort of a distraction so they can hunt Michael down. And Landry thinks that she's gonna get her, but when they get there, they find out that Michael had, like, done some kind of clever things, so that it seemed like she was in a place where she wasn't, and she's still on the move. Oh, yeah! Michael Burnham is not to be messed with. And, And while they're doing that, Michael goes to the sanctuary of the ship, and she finds Georgia, who's uh, I won't say hiding because, you know, she is the emperor, but she seems like she's like licking her wounds, basically. She seems to be contemplating all the mistakes she's made in her life. She's looking at her, the imperial badge of her Michael Burnham. And Michael comes in and Georgia's like, how did you know I'd be here? And she's like, this is your sanctuary and I know you. And then they discuss whether or not they know each other. And then Michael's sort of trying to convince Georgia to help her, help get this discovery thing off. And Georgia seems uninterested, but then when Michael mentions that, it's going to involve, like, some risky business. Something like a cool, crazy attempt and, and like, a big, what do you call it? One of those things, like a blaze of glory. Uh, Georgia's like, I'm interested. Tell me more. Because it seemed
1: like a, a moment where uh, Burnham says to Philippa, "Yeah, you know, I've got to do this thing and I need you in on it. And it's like a... Building of trust moment between yeah. two of
0: them. Well, because Michael says I have to get that containment field down, and George says those controls are in the throne room. How are you going to do that? And Michael says I'm going to give him exactly what he wants, and George is like, well, this sounds like fun. Uh, meanwhile on disco they're discovering that uh, the photon torpedoes are not going to destroy this mycelial sun reactor thing they are not strong enough so they need to like modify the torpedoes with mycelial spores and how much mycelial spores (laughs) you guessed it all of them so once they do this they will definitely have absolutely if they save the network they won't have any spores enough to run the spore drive to get back home so they will be saving the network, but then stranding themselves in the Terran Empire. It is a a bitter moment, Um, but it's what they have to do. And then Saru gives a rousing speech, pretty rousing speech. I was impressed with uh, Saru's captaincy in that moment. He really stepped up to the plate, another quotable moment. And he says, let's get to work, people. So they get to work doing that. On Karen, Lorca has uh, managed to get the rest of the surviving crew to swear fealty to him. And he's like, this great I mean he's like kind of just he's like a rooster roosting. I don't know what you call it. He's like cock of the walk. He's in the throne room and he's like, Yeah. Ha, ha, I'm the Pe- best. He's peacocking. Well, not quite peacocking. Yes. But he's like, I actually wrote later posturing. He is posturing. He's posturing. like yeah, self-celebratory. Uh when they, they can't find Michael earlier, he says, like, oh, she'll come. Um Cause he's still got like a thing for his him, him and, and, and evil Michael had like a weird relationship that is kind of gross. And then uh, he thinks that this Michael could maybe be swayed by that. He's obviously still got sort of romantic feelings for this, the, the prime Michael, but then Michael shows up with the emperor and she offers the emperor to be executed. And she says, listen, I'll stay here with you. I will allow you to use my mind, but not my body. If you let my crew go free, if you do not attack the crew of discovery and let them go home, which Lorca uh, agrees to, he is—it's uh, his weakness—is he is obsessed with Michael Burnham, uh, evil or or not evil, uh, and so he agrees to that, and uh, then um Tilly meanwhile on uh Disco has this brilliant idea she's like listen we have to use all the spores but if we ride the mycelial shockwave this is when it gets very uh jargony very Star Trek jargon star jargon uh stargon uh, if we ride the mycelial shockwave from the ex- stargon from the uh, thank you for that portmanteau from the mycelial explosion we can ride it, and then that will power the spore drive, and you tend to be ready, and when it gets to a crest, we can go. But then uh, Stamus is like, yes, that could work, except the spore drive explosion will be so big in our... our- our shields can't even face that but if we go to warp maybe the warp bubble will protect us from the mycelial shockwave and if we use that so we'll have to use the spore drive and the and the warp drive in conjunction and then that will protect us we need to establish warp and ride on the very quest crest of the shockwave and then we can get home but then she's like but there'll be a million uh, branching different versions of the mycelial network happening all at once it'll be basically impossible and he goes yeah it'll be impossible but i'll do what i gotta do so um that was like a cool I mean, I made it sound more dramatic than it was, but uh it was just dramatic. When nerds you speed it up, talking. it's that dramatic. Yeah. Well listen, I like it when the nerds get nerdy. Uh and so they uh it, set up that idea. Uh, Discovery gets a ping from the Karen. They say it's safe to drop out of warp. They get a message from Lorca. Lorca talks to Saru. He says, hey, I always respected you guys. He says, Michael's going to stay with me, but that's why you all get to live. Saru says, I want to see Michael for proof of that. And Michael shows up in the background and she says to him, "Uh, I'm where I need to be. This is my place. And Saru says, that is all I needed to hear. And then Michael and Georgiou snap into action. And they start just just kicking butt just in the throw room. It's like two against 40. But they're like, each takes a side and there's just like this uh, Aristea. It's fight so scene. good. It's so great. So good. I actually wrote down the director of this episode is Olatunde Osunami, who is also an executive producer. And uh, they direct a few of the episodes and Every time they're directing, I get excited. But this was like, this fight scene was incredible. It was like kind of insane and fast-paced. So much action for Star Trek, but... It also was like, had all these character beats in it that also were illuminating. Like, uh, uh, at, at a certain point, all the sort of like henchmen are all kind of occupied or shot or whatever because they're no big deal. And then it's Giorgio and Lorca on one side, and it's uh, Landry and Burnham on the other side, and they're both fighting. And then uh, Giorgio gets the best of Lorca for a little bit, and then Landry kind of gets the best of. Michael, but then Lorca, who's obviously still in love with Michael, like, picks up a sword and instead of going after Giorgio, goes for Landry. And I wrote, Lorca kills Landry! Because he, like, sliced her across the kidneys or something. She, like, blood comes out, she falls to the ground. Then uh, Michael goes to fighting someone else, and Giorgio and uh, Lorca start fighting by the throne. And there's a whole beautiful scene and everything. And then it seems like Giorgio gets knocked out. And then Michael takes over the fight with Lorca and they fight, blah, 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 blah. And then she manages to fight Lorca and she draws her phaser. And so she's got her phaser pointed at Lorca. And she goes, You know, we would have helped you if you had just asked. Uh, and but she says, and that's why, and that's because that's what the Federation is about, this experiment that you denigrate. And that's why I'm going to spare your life. And the Emperor says, but I'm not going to. And then she stabs a sword into him from behind. <laughs> Comes out. And then he staggers towards Michael. And he's like, we could have, we could have. And then he falls off the dais, down the stairs, and into the trap door, falling to his disintegrating death. in the thing It's weird, because he doesn't like... S- they made like a screaming sound like ah, oh, but he's not screaming. He's just he did kind not of like also
1: get shot as well, because then that he sort of disintegrated on his way down.
0: No, I thought the disintegration was because of the mycelial How the power it? of the <laughs> reactor. No, because who no, she didn't shoot him. She stabbed no, him. No, I then know she him.
1: stabbed him and then I thought she kicked him down and then shot him on oh, the way out too. Wow. Maybe I, mean, I got mixed that up. That
0: also would be totally within character for Emperor Georgia. So like stab, <laughs> kick. <laughs> and what? as you're falling towards a tiny son to also shoot you uh so anyway Lorca dead and Lorca michael dead. pulls down the shield and uh the uh discovery hears that and so they decide to fire their sport sport torpedoes sport pedos pedos. Hey, we both sure. made portmanteaus made up words yeah pedos. And in the interim, Giorgio, you know, they're trying to get Michael out with the transporter, but it's hard to get her out because of the shielding. And so Giorgio gives her the like pattern enhancer or whatever that she has on her wrist. And she says, I will buy you time. And Michael's like, Why would you do that? And she says, Hey, uh, I am a defeated emperor. They have seen my neck. I have no future now. And she says, Go yeah. live. And so she goes, and the 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 rest of like Lorca's men break the doors down into the throne room and Jojo's just there, just pegging them off. And Michael's like, I'm ready for transport. And as she's like lighting up with transport, she she changes her mind and she runs toward Giorgio and she does the Lorel thing. She wraps her arms around Giorgio and they both transport out of there onto the Discovery, and they're looking at each other. And Giorgio says something like, What have you done to me? or something cool like that. And then kablooey, Spore Explosion and uh they go to the discovery goes to warp and they ride the shockwave and stamets is seeing all the beautiful directions and he can't figure it out and they go to black alert and uh the Landry's. oh right before that happens landry was wound up still being alive and tried to shoot discovery but it didn't work because they blew them to sky high and uh He's like, I can't figure it out. It seems like Stammus and the ship's taking all this damage and things are flying and sparks are dropping. And then he hears the voice of Hugh and he says, follow the music, find the clearing in the forest. And then Stammus goes, ah, the clearing in the forest. Thank you, Hugh. And then shaboom, they are back in the Prime Universe. Oh, yeah. Now listen, Whew. once they get back to the Prime Universe, you'd think all would be well and good, but alas... They oh, find good. out you're putting your shirt on? Yeah, because we're back in the prime universe. I'm doing a stupid <laughs> t-shirt anymore I can be.
1: What about your bow tie?
0: Oh, Steph, don't be ridiculous.. I have a right here. Of course uh, I every shirt I have has a bow tie in the breast pocket. Uh, <laughs> 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 so they get back and they find out that, yes, they're back in their the prime universe, but nine months has passed. And as they try to contact Starfleet, they find out, that Starfleet has essentially lost the war. The Klingons have won. They own basically all the territory. And dun, dun, dun. Oh, do you want to dun, dun, dun? Sure. Starfleet has lost the war. The Klingons have won. And that's where we end episode 13. Crazy. It's crazy. It's so, so crazy. crazy. Oh,
1: paper's flying. Papers are
0: flying. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break. Personally, while I drink some water,
1: and put your bow tie on. Put my bow tie on.
0: I can talk and put the bow tie on. In fact, it's a parlor trick I do to impress the ladies. Okay, so... (laughs) (laughs) No one is impressed. Oh, see, sirens. Perfect time for me to do this. There you are. Yeah. Okay. We'll edit. Edit, edit, edit. Oh man, it's really good to be back. It's good to be back in a shirt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea how much how much pain you were in.
0: You know, the mirror universe is uh, it's a hard life for all of us. It's difficult. So, we begin episode fourteen, and it's called the war within, the war without, and it truly is uh, war on every war level.
1: Without the war within. Did I get that wrong?
0: No, the war without the war within. Excuse me. Did yes. I say it backwards? Yes. I might have done so because I think though the war without is like sort of the front and center the the like the big overarching thing, it's all these tiny wars within each character that are. That really tie this episode together, and because like no one is not conflicted. Yeah, uh, Discovery gets back. Saru shows up, and he's trying to say hello to Michael, and he sees Michael is there with Giorgio, and he's like, "What the what?" And Giorgio is all like, "Get out of my face, slave!" Because in the Terran universe, they the the Kelpians are slaves. Not only are they slaves, they're food. She says, "Like we were just dining on the entrails of one of this creature's brothers yesterday, and now you want me to." Be quiet and it was crazy. It was insane. It was, it was like such an awkward moment. It starts the episode off so intense and weird. Oh man. Yeah.
1: So super they, awkward.
0: Yeah. They, well, Georgia, well, Saru's in charge of the ship. He's the captain at this point. So uh, Saru orders her to be emergency transported to quarters and then detained there and then orders everyone in the room, including the transporter engineer, that. The existence of Giorgio in the Prime Universe is classified, uh, and that the penalty for that is court martial. So they have to keep it a secret. Meanwhile, we see that the discovery is being repaired because the trip through the mycelial network on the the like crazy wavefront basically destroyed the ship. The ship's on a power, so they can't do warp. They obviously can't do spore drive because they don't have any spores left because they used it all in the explosion. And Saru tries to get Michael to talk to Tyler, who has now finally come awake after his weird laser finger operation that took the mind of Vogue out of his head or whatever. And and Michael's not ready to talk to Tyler yet, because remember, Tyler snapped while he was on the Karen and tried to kill her. Uh, So she's like, "Uh, if it's an order, I'll talk to him. But if it's not an order, I won't. Saru says it's not an order. She's like, great, then I'm not going to do this. Uh, but Saru goes to talk to Tyler and he basically is like, is Vogue still in there? (laughs) Yeah, that also, my street is ridiculous. It's not like I live on like a highway or something. It's a tiny, tiny street, but people like to go crazy on it. Uh, so Tyler is basically like, I still have the memories of Vogue. I can access them, but it's like watching someone else's life. There's no control there. There's like a gap, but I still feel connected to him. And even the doctor who treated Tyler is like he. the Volk is no longer in there and his physiology is human, but he's not really only human, and he's not really only Klingon. And Tyler explains that the Makai, the 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 Klingon house from which Lorel is from, that performed the Chok'ah, uh what is the species reassignment protocol? Yeah, I learned some Klingon for this bad boy. And uh, uh, basically had to like open up Vogue, take him apart, uh, like cut his heart into pieces, uh, like like sand down his fingers, like turn him into a human, like all these bone breaking things. And also mix that with the DNA neural memories of Tyler. It's confusing and we don't really Still know how Still not clear
1: works. on the science.
0: Don't think about it too hard. It happened. And uh, so he's like, listen, I can explain whatever you want. And Saru's like, will you be forthright with us and explain to us everything? And and Tyler's like, of course. You know, he, he says, like, is Michael all right? And Saru says she's alive uh, but detained. And he says, it's great. And he says he feels bad about killing Dr. Culber. And Saru says, I don't think that was you. That was Voke. And Tyler's like, I should be in the brig. And Saru says, I will not take your freedom away. But he does give him, like, a monitor bracelet and says, as long as you're forthright with us and tell us all about this Klingon species reassignment protocol to, like, infiltrate Starfleet, uh, you can remain on the ship, and you have your freedom of movement about the ship, except for certain classified areas. Uh, when Saru gets back to... The, I took a screenshot of this, but uh, I don't have no way to share it, but there was a cool thing on the wall behind Tyler as Saru leaves, and it showed the physiology of a human on one side and a Klingon on the other and how they're similar and how they're different anyway it was a cool moment
1: oh i didn't see that
0: yeah that's right huh. well watching Good for you. watching an episode mm-hmm. uh <laughs> <laughs> three times <laughs> will give you yeah, new insight into uh, what's going on in the background uh, mm-hmm. there's a vessel approaching as Saru gets back to the bridge and it has a federation uh, like uh, codes and so they go like okay hail that ship we can finally talk to someone from the federation because they, they see some vessels far away but mostly it's Klingon space uh, but as they get closer to the vessel they realize the shields are up and the phasers are targeting them and then as they try to figure out, put their shields up, they're boarded uh, by, like, well, it's like a, it's the first, it's like an Andorian and maybe two humans, I think, that mm-hmm. board them. And they, like, are pointing faces at them. And they say, you know, you know, nobody move, don't do anything. And then they say it's clear. And then Admiral Katrina Cornwell and Sarek uh, transport in. And Cornwall orders Sarek to do a mind meld with Saru, who's the acting captain. And so Sarek is able to discover all the things that Discovery has been through. And he also realizes that Lorca is dead because they are searching for Lorca. Uh, And then um, we go to the credits. So, like, the, the last one didn't have a cold open. And this one had a cold open that was, like, a billion things happened before the credits even started. When we come back from the credits, Katrina uses, like one of the Terran lasers to destroy a bowl of fortune cookies, which I just thought was super funny. Um, <laughs> the um fortune
1: cookies that sat on
0: Lorca's desk. Yes, yes. She's like, mm, oh, she's so mad that she shoots a bowl of fortune cookies. <laughs> how Starfleet. And uh they basically describe like this whole the whole situation with Lorca and the switching over and how Discovery uh, has been. And Katrina Cornwell explains how the uh, Discovery was deemed destroyed nine months ago, and they saw the debris. Obviously, that was the debris of the Discovery from the other universe, and uh, that the war has been a disaster since then. Um, but now that the Disco is back, they're able to share the cloak-breaking technology, which was the whole thing that they had that they weren't able to share when Lorca sent them over to the Terran universe. However, it may be too late, because the Klingons, they have no real leadership, so they've divided themselves between the internecine war between the 24 houses. internecine war, interwar. Anyway, they divided themselves between the 24 houses and they're fighting between themselves, but also using the the federation as fodder. Like, whoever can get the most kills and the most, uh, you know, valuables and do the most pillaging can basically assert themselves as the strongest. And so they're like, one third of the the Starfleet's uh, fleet has been destroyed. Several outposts have been destroyed. And uh, the Klingons are attacking indiscriminately. No real war plan. Just attack. And so they were like, we got to jump to Starbase One. It's our last real bastion of Starfleet. And we're going to go there and... We're going to, everything about this mirror universe is going to be classified, and we're going to figure out what we do after that. But they can't jump because no spores. And so they have to do it at warp, which is dangerous, but they decide they have to do it. In the interim, Michael takes Cornwell and Sarek to see Giorgio, evil Giorgio, who's in like a nice little living room area. And uh, they talk to her and Georgia wants to be set home, but Michael wants Georgia to be given asylum because she thinks she's a prisoner. And Cornwell's like, we don't even know if we can send you back to your universe. So you're going to be our guest and uh, be a guest, be our guest, uh, which is basically like sort of prisoner, sort of guest. And Georgia's like, am I a prisoner. And Cornwall's like, you're a guest. So make yourself comfortable. And they bounce. And, uh, it's just in the hallway, Tyler is walking and kind of like, you know, his hangdog look now that he's like sort of an outcast and he runs into Stamets coming out of the elevator. Reminder, Tyler, once he was activated as uh, Volk, uh, killed Stamets' partner. He just snapped uh, Hugh Culber's neck. And uh, so they, it's a, it's an awkward uh, moment where Tyler's just like, I'm sorry. And, and Samus is like, yeah, it's just eat you up at night. Does it make you feel like a terrible person? Do you realize you killed someone I loved? And Tyler's like, yeah. And he's like brought to tears. And then Samus says, good. Maybe there's some human left in you anyway. And then he just walks away. So, I mean, got off about as easy as you can after you've killed somebody's significant other, uh, even if you were like a Manchurian candidate.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think fair play to Stamets for just walking away, but yeah. there was a part of me that just thought he would want to absolutely kill him.
0: Yeah, but I mean, listen, practically speaking, this is Stamets. I mean, he's not going to kill him in cold blood, you know? And I don't we'll think.
1: Just punch him in the face, maybe. You think
0: at Stamets least? is a. He's not a Captain Kirk type. He's not an old pow, biff, boom, you know? He's upset. Yeah. And if if he has machinations for revenge, I think they would run deeper and longer. But I think Stamets, of all people, probably knows what it's like to have sort of complete loss of mental faculties and to be completely disoriented and unaware. I mean, Stamets himself, in the same episode, why am I arguing this with you? Why am I plot cornering you? (laughs) I can't help myself. Yep.
1: Is it kapla corner or kapla tangent?
0: It's, yeah. Well, sometimes you you think you're walking straight and then boom, you take a kapla tangent and you wind up in a kapla dead end. <laughs> kapla. <laughs> it's all that Klingon I had to learn for the first part of the episode. Okay. So, <laughs> oh dear. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, you know, argue, argue, argue. I made my point. So, I'm glad Samus didn't hit him but I did think Stamets would have been a, certainly more like uh, verbally cutting, but he wasn't as cut. I think he there's a sense Stamets wants to forgive and also there's like a there's like an extra worldly sense to Stamets because he has spoken to Hugh in the network, even though Hugh was dead, so I don't know how Stamets how much Stamets truly is grieving and how much Stamets is just kind of putting everything about that aside existentially while they work on like keeping the the, the Federation alive uh, but it was awkward and when it happens, every time and now I've seen this episode maybe five times in lifetime and probably three times in preparation for this episode, every time Samus walks out of that door and Tyler's walking down the hallway, I go uh, because I just, I almost can't watch it, it's so uh, mortifying uh, anyway, um, Tyler goes into the mess hall and now he's like He's like Michael the first day she came on the Discovery. When he walks into the mess hall, everyone's quiet. And they're all staring at him. And they're like, ugh. and he gets his food and he sits down at a table by himself. And he's kind of like, ugh. And then our superhero. The, the true superhero of Star Trek yep. Discovery. You can play the music. Tilly, don't be silly. Tilly, it's your time. The true superhero of Star Trek Discovery is Sylvia Tilly. And she sees she's great. I mean, she goes over and she's like, excuses herself from her conversation, sits down with Tyler. And Tyler says, like, you sure you want to do this? She said, of course. And he says, you know, I'm fine. And she says, how could that even possibly be? And he's like, you know, fair enough. She's like, we're going to sit here and we're going to eat and we don't need to converse or we can converse. But Tilly sets an example. And then suddenly everyone wants to meet, uh, whatchamacallit, wants to meet um, Tyler. So they all gather around and they're all asking him how he's been, so on and so forth. And that's what happens. Uh, When we get back to uh, the bridge, Discovery jumps to where Starbase 1 should be not in good shape it is uh covered in how did they
1: jump by the way because i thought when they were having their oh, they, didn't jump. Meeting... They, they
0: they warped they were so when they okay. come out of when they come out of warp where starbase one should be it uh has a klingon house insignia and of course i didn't write down the specific house so i am happy to stand corrected uh when they come out they scan for life signs there are a bunch of klingon life signs but no human life science and uh, it, uh Katrina cornwell freaks out she freaks it out like- i mean she's like there were eighty thousand souls on that ship, and they're all gone yeah and there were three ships and uh she like just freezes and it's saru where they're being scanned and i think the phases of uh, weapons are being powered up saru orders like we gotta get out to go to warp as soon as possible captain they go to warp. detmer yeah detmer, go to, warp. Go to warp.
1: get us out of here
0: and uh uh, Cornwall is still sort of frozen. She like, sits back down, and um, Saru so comes over and says, "You know, we're awaiting your further captains." And and she gives the, the what? Like, we're awaiting your further captains. What did I just say? We're awaiting yep. further orders, Captain. And she gives the boilerplate response: uh, "Maintain course and speed." And then she leaves. Uh, she goes to the brig to talk to Lorel, and Lorel. Uh, and Cornwall, essentially, Corn, see what happens? Lorel and Cornwell have it out. You gonna? I, I don't, really. And uh, Cornwall sort of, like, is trying to give her sort of an olive bl- branch or is maybe fed up. It's hard to tell, but essentially is like, we, your people are, have run amok. They are not unified. They're not, um, uh, you know, fighting all together for Klingon honor, they're just killing us indiscriminately—civilians and in hospitals, and and not uh, non-combatants, and so on and so forth. Um, Lorel does pay um, Cornwell one compliment. She does say, Takuma taught us that all humans were without courage. About this, he was wrong." And Cornwall basically says, "Listen, I what do you what do you want from us? They're not even giving us terms. Uh, wh- wh- how can we end this war?" And Laurel says, "The war will never end." She says, "Quote, conquer us, or we will never relent." To which uh, Cornwall says, "Thank you." I guess she, at that point it seems like she realizes the it's a war. There's no there's no Starfleet way out of it. There will be no discussion, uh, no no uh, discussion of terms, no. Uh, surrender. So in the in that time Michael goes to see Giorgio because the, she knows about the thing, the 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 starbase 1 being destroyed and uh she asks Giorgio how in her universe she defeated the klingons. And Giorgio sort of gives her some skinny on the klingon homeworld of Kronos. So Michael then relates that to uh the Cornwell and Sarek, and Cornwell then uses that information to uh, set up a plan. Basically, they come up with this plan to use the Spore Drive to go to Kronos, uh, but not to go to the atmosphere of Kronos, where they would be destroyed instantly by the, like, orbital... Uh,
1: you dance almost as well as I do, you know.
0: Well, you know.
1: I had more faith in you.
0: I have, I've been practicing a lot. So um, they decide to jump into, not into the atmosphere of Kronos, but into the volcanic, uh, like, upper crust of Kronos. Apparently there are huge caverns where there used to be volcanoes when the planet was being formed, and they think they can jump directly into one of those caverns. Uh, because the mycelial network will allow them to distinguish between open spaces and solid spaces, and then they can release a drone, and the drone will scan for tactical targets, and then they can do launch an all-out assault of the Federation on Kronos, forcing the Klingon Empire, the Klingon houses there, not an empire at this point yet, to retreat back to Kronos. And, there, and thus sort of end hostilities and force them to the table for negotiations. And there's some discussion back and forth between the higher-ups of the Starfleet, like, can we do this? Shouldn't we go protect Earth? And, you know, Sarek at one point really points out that, like, if anything has been evidenced in this war so far, it's that the methods that Starfleet uses for war are not going to be effective against the Klingon Empire, and so they've got to do something different. And so that's why they decide to do this. And... Uh, The question remains, how will they get more spores to run the spore drive? Uh, And Stamets cryptically says, uh, set a course for the Veda system and get ready for a show. Uh, And essentially what he plans to do is he takes, like, his first sample of spores and they're going to, like, break it apart and they're going to use it. They're going to, like, shove it into the earth of this dead planet and create, like, a big spore farm, essentially. Uh, so he and Tilly work on building that. And as the ship is headed toward the Veda system and they're working on building that, Sarik and uh, Michael, oh, well, Sarik and Giorgio, see? Sarak and Giorgio have a discussion. And she basically says that she can assure the Federation will be victorious over the Klingons in return for a favor from the Federation. And what is that favor? It is simply freedom. Uh, in the next scene, we just see Sarah and Michael walking down the hall and Sarah says, Hey, I got to split. I got to do this stuff back on Vulcan or whatever. And uh, Hey, listen, I heard about the thing with Tyler and you know, it's pretty rough and it's kind of ironic because you hate Klingons so much and your parents were killed by Klingons, but you then fell in love with them. And then he also says, there is also grace for what greater source of peace exists than our ability to love our enemy. Uh, and then they have, like, a slightly awkward uh, goodbye where Sarek, like, stiffly puts his arm on her shoulder, but he does say something very telling, and I felt maybe even portentous, dare I say it. He says, there is no telling what one may do, what one of us may do, when the heart is... Whoa, I just screwed the whole thing up. Well, it's, it's hard to get this Klingon stuff right. This Vulcan stuff right. So Sarek says, there is no telling what one of us may do, where the heart is concerned. And this is after he's been talking about um, Amanda, and he's sort of referring to Michael. Maybe he's talking about Michael's relationship with Tyler. Maybe he's talking about his relationship with Michael. Maybe he's talking about various other love affairs in the war. But now remember, this is crazy. These things that have happened, these wars within, are like, you've got Michael and Tyler. You've got uh, Lorel and Volk slash Tyler. You've got uh you got uh Cornwell and Lorca. Her Lorca's gone, but part of her her dismay is that her Lorca, who's like a friend and lover, is dead and she was betrayed by this other one. You've got Sarek and his relationship with uh Michael. You got there's just it's bananas. Oh, oh yeah, sure. Let's talk about uh Hugh and and Stamets. Anyway, <clears throat> everyone has got these sort of internal. Things going on and it's very complicated But the last thing that Sarek says To Michael is, do not regret loving Someone uh, mm. And then he departs, yeah, that's right
1: I love that line,
0: that was that bad. would
1: have been my Quotable moment
0: Quotable moments
1: I thought he might have followed up with You would regret not loving them or something like that But I think it was enough
0: It was perfectly what he said: Do yep. not regret loving someone, Michael uh, And then just leaves uh, Michael goes to talk to Tilly after that, and she tries to be all business. She's like, Hey, we got a bing, bong, bing, uh, spores, uh, yada, 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 Veda system. And Tilly's like, Okay, I'm on it. And then she's like, walks away and she goes, Hey, I just talked. And then she like kind of opens up. She's like, I just talked to Sarek, and we said goodbye. And I felt like i was sort of the last time. And it's like, You don't think it's going to be the last time, do you? And Tilly's like, You know, when I joined Starfleet, I didn't think it would be like this. And Michael says, I, I kind of did. And Tilly says, like, you know, what I've realized from being in the Terran system is that what we do is is when we do good things, we do them in spite of how hard it is to do good things. And that is how we uh, rise above our lesser demons And she tells Michael, you need to go talk to Tyler. He needs you. And she says, "Uh, I don't know if I could talk to him. And she says, like, well, if if you're feeling like there are final goodbyes afoot, maybe you need to go, even if the last thing you say is goodbye, you need to go say it. And uh, that's, again, Tilly just killing the game. What did you, EQ. She's got the big EQ. Top level EQ. She's going to be.
1: For someone who is incredibly socially awkward, she does have that really good EQ.
0: She's socially awkward. I think she's plumbed the depths of awkwardness and therefore nothing gets past her in terms of like what awkward when an awkward thing is happening. She's just very keyed into it somehow.
1: I think she's super good with telling other people Mm -hmm. how to interact with each other. But when it comes to her own interactions, she's ridiculously dorky, nerdy, yeah, cute. You know, all of yeah. that. But well, it's, she's also but like, she's spot on with other people.
0: She's like seventeen or something, right? She's she's not, not that young, I don't think, but she's very young. How old is she meant to be? She I know that in the first episode we know she fast tracked through Starfleet and she's there as like a sort of cadet, but she was so brilliant. That's why she's working with Stamets on the engineering stuff. But you can sure Google it to find out. Mm,
1: yeah,
0: in the meantime, while that's being Googled, uh, Discovery gets to the Veda system. And they inject eject the mycelia celia, torpedo uh, like spore seed rockets into the earth of the moon, and the root structures start to form. And then they blast those root structures with EM darts, which I assume are electromagnetic pulses, and that causes the spores to grow and grow and grow and grow sporing at 4% and then 8% then 12% and then 19% and then 22% then 27% and 32%. And that's where I stopped being able to hear what the computer was saying, but essentially a bunch of spores are being made. So we got, we got spores and maybe we can go through with this crazy, crazy, crazy plan to go into the bottom of the dormant volcano and attack Kronos that way. Uh, Michael goes to see Tyler. They have another very hard, hard conversation. This one, I almost can't watch at this, uh, but uh, mm-hmm. I did. And, you know, she sort of like asked him, like, is Tyler a real person? Did he really love me? Or was that all just sort of like a weird construct? And she's mad, not because, not just because Tyler, as a Manchurian candidate, Volk tried to kill her, but also because she, Tyler had told her when things got too hard that he would come to her and be honest. And he, he didn't. He failed to do that. And so, for that reason, she feels like she can't put that trespass behind her. And Tyler counters with like the reason that he's not a sleeper agent, the reason that he's not uh, Volk parading around and getting information and and actively creating havoc within Starfleet and and giving all the secrets to the Klingon Empire is because Tyler is real and because Tyler is in love with Michael and and it's and that's what sort of saved. The the them from uh, him from really going over to the other side, and uh, you know Michael they have like a momentary look of like understanding, but then Michael explains like she's feels like she's been in a similar situation when she started this war at the Battle of the Binary Stars, and she says the work to claw yourself back to your humanity is hard work and it takes a long time, and it's solitary work. And she says to him, it's not easy letting you go. But then she does. And in the final scene, um, Cornwall is talking to Sarek, and they say, we got the spores. And so I think it's time for the the plan to go forth. And Sarek says the Federal Council is down with it. And Cornwall goes onto the bridge, and she addresses the ship and says, we're going to Kronos. And I want to introduce you to the person that's going to lead you to Cronus, our person has got all the information. Introducing Captain Philippa Giorgio. Say what?
1: I was ready for that one.
0: I mean, it was a dun 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 moment. It and, was. Yeah, Giorgio walks out, and I guess they have an explanation that she like was saved. That it's not Terran Giorgio; it's Giorgio, real Giorgio, who was presumed dead but is actually alive. And she's in a starfleet uniform, and she's she's the captain, and she sits on the captain's chair, and that is the end of the episode. Everything is back where it was, but pew. not in the right place. Pew,
1: pew. Minds are blown.
0: Holy moroli. and that Holy was episode
1: folks.
0: thirteen and fourteen. Oh wait, sorry. Hold on. This is, Steph demands this happens. Episodes thirteen Ow. and fourteen. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs>
1: The image was brilliant.
0: Episode was a 13 and 14 of uh, <laughs> season one of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, I don't know that I have any real stats. We did go to Black Alert twice. That was the only real stat that we had. There were no set phasers moments. We
1: did not get a lot of stats. We haven't had many.
0: Well, because we spent so much time. Well, now it's like everything's war. It's not your usual, like, go to the plant and do yeah. stuff right now. It's just so insane. It's been this ramp for the last six episodes. Um, I do think, before we get into quotable moments, that uh, it's time to say goodbye to a few characters.
1: I couldn't agree more.
0: First and foremost, Captain Lorca. Captain Gabriel Lorca, supposedly of Texas. You loved eating Kelpians. You loved fortune cookies and also you loved michael burnham you were an evil evil man and completely self-absorbed and in many ways a complete psychopath but you're dead it was a good ride and you you had faith of the heart you hold that salute for so long <laughs> <laughs> that is ridiculous long
1: way up short way down <laughs> yeah that's, that's, that's how right. we
0: were taught at school oh wow oh you went to to a uh, saluting school
1: yes i did i was in the combined cadet force actually
0: the combined cadet force
1: i was a non-commissioned
0: officer oh ncl oh, Navy. You? i was mm-hmm. an ncl that's excellent do you mm-hmm. have a rank
1: did what on earth was it? Uh, I'll come back to you.
0: I forgot. Oh, I do forget it what it very was. Very exciting stuff. I, I, I didn't know I was was doing a podcast with somebody who holds actual rank. Oh, what
1: was it? It wasn't an exciting one.
0: I just want to point out also that I appreciate that this this week you were able to get your com badge onto your shirt. I, this is the first time, correct?
1: No, oh, I've had it on before.
0: I thought. I think the last week, uh, maybe last week, oh, and I quickly. missed it. But I thought it was, yeah, but it was like, this is, this is, this is it. This looks real. Yeah. Thanks.
1: Well I done. think it's it's all about the placement.
0: It's about the placement and how casual you were with it. Because, you know, I noticed like 15 minutes in and I was like, damn, she really did. it. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't even say anything like, about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, normally I'm like, look at my comeback yeah. Oh, mean like comb this comb badge.
0: right here, this one I have. Yeah, okay. This one. So mm-hmm. shall we uh get Miss Potts on the phone?
1: Quotable <laughs> moments. <laughs>
0: Okay, do you do you have any quotable moments? I know I stole a few and just in the rundown.
1: I think my favorite was the Sarek quote, and it was the oh, what was it?
0: I wish I could help you, but I've literally thrown my enemy. papers under the ground. Oh about what that. greater what greater something of peace whoa, 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 whoa. is there that we love our enemy? Blah blah blah. It is
1: correct. What greater peace exists than our ability Boom. to love our enemy? what
0: great, uh, remember how I screwed it up when I tried to say it? So (laughs) I have a few quotes. Uh, One I think is just, is killer because it compensates the whole thing. But I thought it would be nice to quote Saru because he had such a great moment. In episode 13, when he inspires the crew, he says, it is well known that my species has the ability to sense the coming of death. I do not sense it today. I may not have all the answers, however, I do know that I am surrounded by a team I trust, the finest a captain could ever hope to command. Lorca abused our idealism, and make no mistake, Discovery is no longer Lorca's. She is ours, and today will be her maiden voyage. As they were sailing into sudden death. And from episode 14, I chose Tilly's comments to Michael when Michael's like all like, oh, hey, what's going on? Yeah, I'm good. And then she's like, actually, I'm really screwed up. She says, when we were in the Terran universe, I was reminded how much a person is shaped by their environment. And I think the only way that we can stop ourselves from becoming them is to understand the darkness within us and fight it. I think that's like just a great summation of of episode 14 altogether. And um, in reference to uh, her talking to Tyler, she says, what, what we do now, the way we treat him, that is what he will become. Yes. And that's that was a,
1: t- that was a good telling yeah, moment. That, one.
0: Those, that is germane to all lives everywhere. <laughs> Think about that. that the next true. time you're doing anything, uh, how we how we treat them now is that is what they will become i believe the children are future no okay let's let's move on
1: let's let's wrap it up
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh boy okay on set phasers next time on set phasers we're gonna dig into the final episode of season one Star Trek Discovery. I don't know how they're going to wrap all this up, because everything has gone to shambles. It is called, Will You Take My Hand? And mm. I honestly, you're going to need someone to hold on to to get through this last episode. And uh, yeah. we're going to do a special, a very special episode of Set Phasers at some point during this holiday weekend, because we have a million episodes to get through, and we only have like, <laughs> like five or six oh, weeks yeah. until no, less. We have like five weeks, maybe five weeks until yeah. Season three comes out. Season three And then we'll be doing them
1: live. Yeah the day after. You know. We'll yeah be, the day
0: after yeah, and then
1: to- anyway. totally after Trek Showness.
0: Listen, that was the dream when we first put this together. So it's so exciting that uh you know that we really didn't think we were going to be was. doing this uh, We thought we were going to have a long break But we aren't Instead, we're cramming is in. to Anyway fruition tune now. in uh, for that Whenever that happens Or anyway just listen it's great Thank you for Sunday, Monday And it'll be out next week at some point We want to thank you for joining us Every Sunday or Monday program, at some point over the weekend every Friday at 8pm on Eastern On Facebook Live Or as a podcast every Monday Wherever podcasts come from What we did? You barely. Yes. We also
1: just made it onto iHeartRadio Radio this week.
0: By no, the way, no, it's all right. I like to be what? excited. It's rather. Yes, we exciting. did. It's rather.
1: Yes. Oh, sorry, I forgot to mention that. It's rather exciting that's rather exciting uh, so we are on facebook instagram at set phasers podcast please feel free to follow us along join in the conversation foam. of all things trek and, and please uh, like, my, my, well, my you know, and like my 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 memes and my posts because i work if you so want hard. to support
0: us in our continuing mission to discover and what discovery in has in store for us we'd only be delighted you can patronize <laughs> us and we can take it by going to patreon.com slash set phasers and I am Aki Burmese, and this has been Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star podcast. Until next time,
1: I'm Steph Mans. Computer. End program.